Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm the campus pastor here in Bedford. Let me uh, start us off with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for just your grace and your forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus who paid the debt uh, that we owed, that we could not pay on our own. And so, Father, you sent your son to pay it for us. May our lives just be an expression of gratitude for what you have done. May, may we live lives, as, as Steve said, that, that reflect what Jesus did for us, that, that now we take the love that we've received and we grow in our love for others and our grace for others as we walk um, obediently with you, Lord. And so, God, as we tackle this issue today of obedience and what this looks like in the life of uh, someone trying to walk like Jesus, Lord, would you open up our hearts and our minds? Would your voice be the first one that we hear as you speak to us, Lord, through your word? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, uh, I was putting the girls to bed, and we were going through our, our normal nighttime routine, so we read some stories, and at the end of that, prayed for them and said, okay, good night, and Nora, uh, our, our youngest, she looked at me and she said, Daddy, um, God loves me more than you love me, and I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's true, um, God does love you more than I love you, which means that God must love you a whole bunch because I really, really love you. And then she looked at me and she said, well, Daddy, because God loves me more than you love me, then I only have to obey him. I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> and I thought, what are we teaching our kids in children's ministry? <laughs> but no, okay, well, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of true. You know, you're, you're sort of right, sweetie. I thought this is a perfect moment as a father. Yes, because God loves you, you should obey him, but part of obeying God, God instructs us to obey our mother and our father. And so a way that you can love God is by obeying me and your mommy. And I thought that's like a parenting mic drop. I am just leaving the room right there victorious, right? And she looked at me and she goes, whatever. And she turned around and went <laughs> to bed. Like that was the end of the, the conversation. We're in week five of our series called Walk Like Jesus. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about what does it mean to walk like Jesus? And really what it comes down to is that we take on Jesus' heart and his habits. And so we begin in our life to reflect the heart of Jesus and the habits of Jesus. Jesus' heart was um, for those who were far from God. His heart was one of service and obedience. And that practice came out in his habits. And so as Jesus lived and walked and obeyed the Father, some of that came out in the things that he did, his practices uh, to grow closer to the Lord through his prayer life and through um, the, the word. Like we see so many of these habits of Jesus that we can adopt as we walk like him. And one of those things was obedient living. One of the things that we see in Jesus was his obedience to the Father. Now, obedience, it's kind of a heavy word, isn't it? We, we hear the word obedience and many of us think, you know, just push down, you will obey. Maybe you've had a bad um, experience from a family member and so obedience carries a pretty heavy weight to it. Maybe you've had a bad experience in a church 
that's forced you to obey. And so when you hear the word obedience, there's all of these things, I think, in all of us to an extent that comes up, and we just want to, like, push back against that. But I think that what we need to understand as it comes to obedience and the Father is that God never forces us to obey. He invites us to obey. And you may have had an experience with a family member or with a church that has tried to force you to obey, but God always invites us to obey. He invites a life of obedience, us to to enter into this life of obedience. And we're going to talk today about why he he does that. And what happens, I think, for for many of us is because God's invitation to, to obey and to follow him um, is, is so gentle that many of us just kind of miss it or we neglect it. And, and so like Nora, we focus on God's love for us or how much we love him and, and we just kind of ignore this part of what it means to love God. You know, that, that word, well, I love someone is, is, is pretty open and soft and, and, and until we begin to define like what does love really look like, then, then we can miss out on the abundance and the beauty that God's inviting us into. And, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, obedience is God's love language. If you want to show God, I love you, obedience is the best way to do that. And here's the thing, you cannot separate loving God from obedience to his word. You cannot separate loving God from obedience to his word. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a minister in Nazi Germany. He stood up to, um, to Hitler. He stood up to a church that was becoming more and more nationalistic and less and less Christ-centered. And he, he preached against Hitler. He preached against the ideals of Nazi Germany. And part of that um, was he... Uh, was eventually captured and executed for his role in an assassination attempt against Hitler. But during his time in prison, during his ministry years, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a lot about what it means to truly follow Jesus, the cost of discipleship, one of his books. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it like this. He says, the road to faith passes through obedience to the call of Jesus. He says, only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. You cannot separate loving God from obedience to God. Jesus modeled this for us when Jesus came to, to this earth, he, he practiced obedience in everything that he did from beginning to end. Jesus was obedient to the Father, and he, he talks about it a lot, about laying down his will and trying to become obedient to the Father. And so we read scriptures over and over like, like these, uh, John 5.19, Jesus gave them this answer, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. He practiced obedience in what he did. This next one. Jesus says, by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just for I seek not to please myself but he who sent me. In Jesus' obedience he sought to please the father. Next passage. 
Was that all that we had? Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> There's a couple of more places throughout the Gospels where Jesus was obedient. Ah, here we go. By the one who sent me is with me. <laughs> he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And then finally, John 14 but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Throughout his life and his ministry, Jesus modeled for us what obedience to the Father looks like, what it means to lay down our will and our way for the will and the way of the Father. And so from the beginning of his life all the way to the end, Jesus walked in perfect obedience to God and perfect submission to his will. And so then the question is, if we want to walk like Jesus, like how do we begin to adopt that as, as our habit? Turn with me to Mark chapter 12. If you have a Bible with you, if you have a Bible app, you can go ahead and open that up as well. Mark chapter 12. We'll also have the words up on the screen for you to follow along if you'd like. But it's always good for us to get into the word together. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28, whenever we get to that. So obedient living is part of what it means to walk like Jesus. We, we, we're in this, this series called Walk Like Jesus, and we're using this acronym to kind of guide us. That in order to do this, we need to walk with the Holy Spirit power, and the power stands for prayerful guidance, obedient living, word-centered Exalting the Father, relational intentionality, all of these things through the power of the Holy Spirit help us to walk like Jesus. All of this makes up what it means to, to walk like Jesus, to look more and more like him. But what does obedient living look like? And there's several passages that we could go to in this, not just where Jesus models this, but we're also instructed to do it. But I want to look at this this pretty powerful verse here, Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 28. You may have a heading here that says it's the greatest commandment. It reads like this, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So of all the commandments, Jesus, that I could follow, which one is the most important one for me to obey? Matthew has a, a, an account of this same uh, situation, only Matthew is maybe a little bit more cynical about it. Matthew says that um, some teachers of the law came to test Jesus. They wanted to trap him. There was a common debate um, that, that people would have of what is the greatest commandment. People would throw out all of these ideas, like what's the most important commandment to obey? And there would be like arguments that would break out. And so, so what the teacher of the law in Matthew's account is doing is, is trying to um, create a division between Jesus and those who are following him. But, but here he's asking him, What's the most important thing I can do to obey? What's the most important thing I can do to live a life of obedience? This is what Jesus says. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor 
as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So Jesus goes on and he says, the most important thing is love God and love others. And he quotes a couple of scriptures, again, because you cannot separate loving God from obedience to his word. He, he goes back to two Old Testament scriptures that, that people would have been very familiar with. The first one is the Shema. It, it's Deuteronomy uh, 6, 4 through 5. It's, it's one of the, the most um, quoted passages in the entire scripture. And so people would have known this. They would have, have memorized this from a little child. And, and, and he quotes it nearly verbatim, saying that, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. That's the, that's the first and most important thing that you can do. And then he goes to one that's maybe a little bit more obscure. Leviticus 19, 18. Where we're instructed, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is saying these two things are the greatest commandments. If you want to live a life of obedience to the Lord, this is where it starts. Love God, love others. Again, Matthew in his account of this says, Jesus after that said, all the law of the prophets hang on these two things. Love God, love others. Everything. We are commanded and instructed to do to live a life of obedience to the Lord comes down to loving God and loving others. Verse 32, well, well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And so here, not to be outdone, this teacher of the law, well-versed in Scripture himself, I mean, this is like what he does. He, he's immersed in Scripture and, help, and, and like applying that Scripture to, to the law. He answers with a couple of Scriptures of his own, kind of merged into one. 1 Samuel 15, 22 does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. In, order to, in other words, to obey the Lord and to follow him, that is better than any gift or offering that you can bring him. In fact, that is the best gift or offering that you can bring him is to obey. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And then in one passage that maybe you're familiar with, the next one, the Micah one. Is that it? What shall come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Uh, go ahead and go to that next one, Kenna. Thank you. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousands rivers of olive oil? Again, in other words, like what, what, is the Lord going to be praised, pleased with anything that I can give him? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? In other words, it's not those things. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. 
doing religious or spiritual things are good, but it means nothing without a love for God. They mean nothing without a heart of loving and serving others. And so going to church is good. Being a part of a family and a community of believers, this is good, but it means nothing if you're only doing it trying to earn God's love or his favor. It's not what it's about. It means nothing if you're only trying to do this to impress someone or to gain some kind of favor or standing. Several years ago, I was serving at a church and there was a gentleman who came for the first time. He got connected with him and trying to help get him plugged in uh, to you know, one of our life groups or into serving in a ministry. And um, after a couple of times of reaching out to him, he caught me one Sunday morning and he said, and I couldn't believe that he said this, he just flat out told me, listen, Sean, I'm only coming here because it's good for business to be seen here. I'm not real interested in getting plugged in. It's just good for business. Man, that's missing the heart of God. That's going through religious motions and it means absolutely nothing. Serving others is good, but it means nothing if you're only trying to manipulate God into loving you. It means nothing if you're only trying to impress someone else or be in good standing, favor with them. And this teacher of the law understood that obedience is done out of love for God. All of the religious works, all of the religious duties that we do mean nothing if it's not out of a heart of love for God and love for others. Obedience is about expressing our love for God, not trying to earn love from God. It's an act of love, not an act of obligation. And Jesus affirms this. He says, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far from the kingdom of God. So what God wants from us is to respond to his love by loving him and loving others, serving him and serving others, not from a position of obligation or duty, but from a posture of love, love expressing itself through obedience to him to love God and to love others. The story of a lady who was married for several years to a husband who was very abusive to her. And one of the things that he had done early on in their marriage uh, was create a list, a list of all the things that he wanted his wife to do. And if she did all of those things, then, then she felt like she had earned her husband's love. If she missed any of those, then he would come and reprimand her and say, no, you didn't do this correctly. You didn't do it right. And he was just verbally abusive to her over and over and over. And it all revolved around this list to the point where that list became such a heavy burden to her and a source of, of pain in her life. And years went by and her husband passed away. The lady eventually got remarried. And one day she was going through um, some boxes in the attic and she came across this list that her previous husband had demanded from her for so many years. 
And as she looked through those things that were on the list, she realized that she was doing those exact same things for her now husband, but doing it from a completely different heart because he was humble, he was gentle, and now these things were not out of obligation, but out of a love for this man whom she loved. And I think that, that, man, we can get there. Nothing you do will ever make God love you more or less than what he loves you right now. We can try doing all of these good works, all of these good things, hoping that, that maybe God will love me more somehow. But I'm telling you, nothing you can do will ever make God love you more than he loves you right now. Nothing you can do will ever make God love you less than he loves you right now. God invites us into a life of obedience to him. And he does it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think he invites us into this life because he wants to provide for us and protect us. See, he gives us the liberty and the freedom to live outside of his will and outside of his way. But he also is very clear that doing so is going to lead to hurt and it's going to lead to pain. And many of us, we know exactly what that's like. We have lived outside of God's will in his way and we know the hurt and the pain that it led to. God wants to protect us from that and so he invites us into a life of obedience. He also wants to provide for us as we love and follow him, as we love others well. Provides an abundant life that only Jesus can give. A few weeks ago, we had a man stop into the, the church and said, hey, I've got a testimony and I, I just want to record it because uh, I don't know how much longer I have left and I, wanna, I want it to, to last beyond me. And as we watched that, we thought, man, what a perfect illustration of, of how obedience to God provides for us, but it also protects us. And so let's check out uh, this man's story. I was six years old. Uh, my grandfather put me on the end of a bar and had a beer. And then every weekend, I'd have another one, another one, another one. And uh, next thing you know, uh, a lot of stress came in my life. Did a lot of good things, did a lot of bad things. Started drinking, became an alcoholic, got cirrhosis. You people that are on a fence, an alcoholic, and you want to quit, find God. You people that are on the meth and the heroin and everything else in this world, there's only one way, and it's God's way. I had enough of life without him. I denied him many times. He knocked on my door a lot. But uh, I pushed him aside. I waited too long, and I didn't allow him to come in my heart. I've been through hell, but I've been back. God took me to the abyss, but I'm back because I believed in my God. And without him, I am nothing. And I'm dying of cirrhosis. And I want to know when I go where I'm going. Find God. You'll find life, and you'll find what we're all looking for. Jesus invites us to live a life of abundance, following his way, following his word provides for us and it protects us. I think another reason why this is important is because obedience is a part of our spiritual growth. Obedience is a part of our spiritual growth. It's a, it's a training tool that we use to build up our spiritual strength. Last November, uh, I got to run in a marathon uh, in Indianapolis. It was my third full marathon. And, and so I, had, I knew the importance of like 
sticking to a training program and and not wavering from that. And so my training program for this, for this marathon started all the way back in July. And, uh, and so it was like a three, four day run every single week. And, and so during those, that span of four months, I was obedient to that training program. And because of that, I was able to run a PR in the marathon by over 19 minutes. And so that was like a good thing. I was pretty excited about that. And I have a half marathon coming up in just a couple of weeks, and I have not trained for it at all because the weather has been nasty and cold. I'm like, I don't want to get out and run. But in two weeks, I have 13.1 miles staring at me in the face, and I'm not even sure if I'm going to finish it, let alone get a PR in it because I haven't been obedient to that training schedule. I think obedience to God's word and to his way, it helps us finish the race strong, the the race that God has, has laid out for us at the end of Paul's life. Listen to what he says, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Paul was faithful and obedient to God's calling in his life. And he knew that the crown awaited him. Obedience helps us finish the race strong, just like Paul just like Jesus, just like so many others. So as we close today, the question is this, where is God calling you to obey? Where is God calling you to obey? Is there a sin in your life that you need to confess because it is weighing you down and keeping you from running the race that God has called you to? Is there someone that you need to forgive or to start the process of forgiveness. I think that a sure sign that we're growing in obedience is that we're becoming more grace-filled towards others. Is there a hard conversation that you need to have with someone and ask for their forgiveness because you know that you've hurt them? Is there a place where God is calling you to serve that you've been reluctant Do you need to rest your heart and calm your spirit? Is, is your soul anxious or worried about something? And God is, like the, the best way for you to be obedient to him is just to find rest and trust him. Maybe for you it's time to take your next step of faith and start following Jesus. It's time to be baptized, to lay your life down and take up the new life in him. Good news for us today is that Jesus paid the price for those times, not only when we weren't obedient, but those times when we were disobedient. Jesus paid the price for that, for our forgiveness. And he's calling us today. He's saying, today's the day. You can start fresh. You can start new. You can start living a life that loves God and loves others more than you ever have before. So we're going to sing one more song before we're dismissed. I'm going to pray. If you have a decision that you'd like to make, maybe just take this time this morning just to pray, Lord, where is it that you want me to take my next step of obedience? To love you, to love others more.
to begin to live that out. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the example that Jesus gave us of living a life that is not about us or our will, but that God is about you and yours. And you've made it clear just throughout your your word what it is that you require from us. And while we want to put so many actions on that and so many religious obligations and duties, what what you've invited us into is just a life that loves you and loves others more. A life that is more reflecting of your grace in our lives that, that not just gives us a greater love and appreciation for you, but also helps us to love others more and better. Lord, thank you that you've invited us into this life that follows you and loves you more because you want to provide the best life for us. You want to protect us from the hurts and pains that our heart experiences when we live life outside of your design and your will and your way. Lord, thank you for the grace that's available in those times when we don't get it right and we don't always get it right. But you continue to invite us into this path, into this way of obedience. And we're grateful for that, Lord. Father, we love you and we just want our life to reflect that love in our actions, what we do and what we say. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.